You know, talking about parents getting old. <laughs> Let's talk about parents getting old. <laughs> Hello and welcome to season one, episode four. Yes. Season one, episode four of Strongly Worded. I'm Sue O'Lear. And I'm Johnny Hampton. And we're here today in our lovely dining room studio talking to you today about uh, aging parents. Yes. Um, a lot of people nowadays are caring for their parents as they get older. And we're both in that position as well. Mm-hmm. And a little bit sandwiched because yeah. we still have kids at home. Yes. And so we wanted to talk about that as a lot of people out in the world are dealing with that. Yeah. And since we're worldwide. <laughs> yes. In three countries. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I, of course, started by scanning the internets a little bit and reading a few things, throwing out a few statistics. Uh, I read... Um, where did I read? Oh, I didn't write my percentages down, but that the, the greater percentage of caregivers for aging parents tend to be women. Mm. Um, and I also read something interesting that women tend to be the ones to handle personal care and men tend to be the ones to run extra errands and things like that. Uh, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's spank up and start. Just, you know, tell me a little bit about who you look after, and I'll tell you a little bit about who I look after. So, I mean, I don't, like, you know, my dad passed away in February, and dealing with him as he was aging was its its own experience. (laughs) Um, For me, like I said on an earlier podcast, you know, my parents had me when they were 18, so I never really thought about them getting older. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are born, and their parents are already 30, and they look at them, as older people. I never looked at my parents that way. As my dad got older and he started having health issues and we talk about things, it's very difficult to try to tell your dad he should take care of himself because, as I told my wife once, I'm the son, he's the dad. He has no obligation to listen to what I say. Um, so that's always the tough part. But right now, with my, with my dad gone, I don't look after my mom because, honestly, she looks after herself. But I help out. You know, I take her where she needs to go and come over the house when she needs to and stuff like that. And for me, you know, I try to strike a balance because I don't want her to think she's ever being a burden. And so I tell her, you got to call me when you need something. And I can tell you when I can do it rather than you not call me at all. So that you know that so that's what I'm dealing with as my mom gets older now. And she's how old? My oh I don't know if she would want me to tell okay, her. Okay, you're right. All right. I'm sorry, um, Mama. I mean <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't know if she would allow me to tell her age. She is in her sixties. Okay. Early. She's quite a bit younger than my parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because of some health issues that she's had, you know, she she needs my help. And I'm glad, you know, I'll gladly give it. So my folks are in their 80s. My mom is about to turn 80. Um, always been fiercely independent. Um, but my dad has had health problems for years. When I was a baby, he had cancer. And all of the treatments that saved his life, his life in the 70s have kind of weakened a lot of his insides now. So a lot of his health problems stem from that. He got many, many, many healthy, awesome years, right? But um, I guess the side of some of those treatments you don't see are what they, those long-term effects. Um, And then they've had some other things, uh, some family things happen in the last few years that also have kind of sped up the aging process. That's another story for another podcast. And uh, so um, we came down here to Florida about three years ago uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, But a very big one was to be closer to help 
look after my mom and dad. I have a brother and his family that also live here in Florida that also do a lot to help be there for my mom and dad. Where we are is in that very tough spot, though, where um, they need us, but they don't want to need us. And my mom is the same. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'll go over there and I'll see something. I say, well, why didn't you call me? Well, I I don't want to bother you. And it's not a bother to me, you know, it's just paying back all the things you've given me. Absolutely. It's so, always how I look at it. You know, so if I have to be there and if I have to come straight from work and do something for you, then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to feel like you're some kind of burden because you're not. Right. And, but it's, it's tough, especially when you have someone who's in, like my mom, although she doesn't drive because we're from New York, she never had to. Okay. She's always been independent. She's always worked, had her own money, went where she wanted to go, you know, all those kinds of things. So I know for her, even depending on me like that is new, you know, especially without her husband anymore. And you're right. It's tough when they need you and don't want to need you. That's a a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, my oldest brother, I am the youngest of four. Uh, and my oldest brother is the one that lives here in Florida and his family. And we were just talking the other day, just a couple of days ago, about how he had mom and dad when they were younger. This is the part my parents probably wouldn't want me to say, but my mom was 18 when she had him. And I think 33 when she had me. So it was really tough for him in the beginning to conceptualize my parents at this in their lives because they were the young ones. I, 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 I totally, totally understand mm-hmm. it. it. You don't, it's, you don't think about that far down the line. No. And, you know, when you, when you see them so young and vibrant, especially compared to other moms and dads, mm-hmm. you, when they get to a certain age, you don't, it, it, it's, a, it's almost a shock to the system, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I remember, you know, when my dad, you know, had his various illnesses, you know, to see him struggle, it was like, wow, like this is, you know, my dad was a strong, tough guy. And to see him go through those things, it was tough for him, for me to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we talked about it, you know, that that pride that, you know, he still wanted to be the strong dad. My dad was uh, hugely active with the grandchildren, and they got older, also. But and you know, it's he's not as mobile as he was. He you know he's not swinging by and picking them up, and you know even just driving through McDonald's or whatever like he once would. And uh, and it's all just different, and it's sucky. And one thing that I did read that I thought was interesting in terms of all of this is when this kind of thing starts to happen, and sort of the kids, I don't know, in my case, I came, I didn't come home. I mean, I moved closer to them. We lived 10 years almost, a 1,000 miles apart. Um, it, it can bring up old dynamics or old issues that were kind of easy to, or laid down because, you know, mm-hmm. you perhaps weren't, we weren't together on the daily. Um, and so it, it's, you're sort of navigating that change in the dynamic of parenting your parents a little bit. That's what my dad used to say, you know, whenever we were at the gym or something and I would scold him for <laughs> eating lollipops. <laughs> I'm like, you're a diabetic. You cannot be eating only lollipops. He would turn to people and say, you know, it changes somewhere along the way. It changes. You know, my son has become my father somehow. And I'm like, no, I would just like you to live for a long time. He would get so mad, and I would would say to him, I'm just trying to love you. (laughs) And then he would look at me, and he would say, oh, that ain't right, son. (laughs) All I'm doing is trying to love you. My parents' dynamic, my dad has been the ill one for a long time. And my mother says it much more eloquently than I do, but when you're 
the caregiver, you understand the illness in a different way than the patient. There's no question about that. Um, you know, my parents, like, my dad never got to be so ill that he needed to be taken care of. Like, he died suddenly. But he did have illnesses for a while. But he was the type of guy who masked those things. And, you know, my parents had an old-school dynamic. Um, my mom had some health issues some years back, and my dad was going to take care of her the best he could until the end. That's just how he was. And so with them two, it was never one was really a caregiver to the other. But with my grandparents, my grandfather was sick for a while, and my grandmother took care of him, and that is 100% right. They understand the illness way, way more than any of us from the outside looking in could. Mm -hmm. And more in a different way even than the patient. I mean, w when my dad, my dad's been hospitalized for things over the years, a handful of times, and his memory of the experience is different than my mom's because he'd be asleep or sedated or kind of, for lack of a better term, out of it. I mean, he's not out of it and they're not, we're not dealing with dementia or things like that. But I mean, he'd be, he'd be the sick one. Mm -hmm. And my mom would never leave his bedside. And she would be that person that prepped the nurses at shift change to remind them of the various things. I mean, she was on top of, she could rattle off every med for every symptom and knew if things were gonna interact quicker than the medical staff sometimes. And she would be the one to know right away if something was going awry. And, you know, we've all, my brothers and I have been called to my dad's bedside to say our goodbyes. We kind of laugh about this. Um, don't hate me, America. But we've, we've been called to the bedside to say goodbye more than once. And he's still here because I think he's too stubborn not to be. I don't <laughs> think he thinks we can survive without him. And that's fine by me. Yeah, it was, yeah that just means <laughs> it, it was not his time yet, right. you know? Right, but it, it, each time something like that happens, though, it takes a little bit more out of my mom. Yeah, I, I can understand that. You know, like I said, my dad died suddenly, and I think it may have been for the best for our mental health in the long run. Um, I often think about, you know, in my quiet times, if he would have lived longer, it would have been better, or it would have been better. What if he would have gotten sick? and we would have had to see him decline. Would that have been better for us? Right, we kind of talked about that yeah. when my dad was ill recently. Yeah, maybe not. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's any really right or wrong answer to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from your experience, because you've been going through this for a while, you are, you, you're happy to have him around, right? No matter... Yeah, so... I'm absolutely happy to have him around, and I'm not, I can't, I'm not ready to not have him around. But I will say this. I want him to know that we'll be okay. You know, he's the one that's in it. My dad probably would want me to be private about a lot of the things that he's going through, which is fine. Um, growing old is not super dignified and but he, I, what I think he would be okay with me sharing is that he is in pain 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. And he does have some pain management, and some works better than others. Um, and even at 82 years old, he's very uh, worried and conscious of not becoming dependent on the pain management, even though the rest of us are like, dude, at this point. Yeah, pop a pill, <laughs> man. Pop a pill, dad. Um, <laughs> But one thing that my brother and I talked about the other day is we just want him to know that we will be okay. Like, it's okay when he's ready to be done. It's okay. Like, we're, we're going to be okay. I mean, he just may not be ready, but though. But he's just, oh, no, he's never going to be ready. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, I remember my dad dealt with neuropathy. And, you know, I can say this because he used to post about it on Facebook all the time. And he'd be in pain, couldn't sleep. And, and... You know, now he's not in pain anymore. So I can, I kind of understand where you're coming from, mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're going to be okay. Uh, you know, here's a newsflash, though. There's a while to okay. 
Uh, you know, for me now, it's been almost nine months since my dad's been gone, believe it or not. Um, and today I wasn't okay. I think about your dad literally twice a day, every day, at least. Yeah. Because I drive, when I drive to work, and then when I leave work, I drive by the spot where I accepted your phone call. That morning that you called me when you passed away. Oh. So, there are times in your life when your phone rings, and you see who it is, or what time it is, or whatever, and you know... Something's wrong. Something's wrong, immediately. And that was the first time you'd ever called me on the phone. We texted before about basketball or whatever, but that's truly the first time that you ever called me on the phone, and it was... It was early um, because I didn't want it to get out. Right. Um, People were starting to know, and there were certain people I didn't want them to find out about it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was something maybe had happened at school. Mm. I don't know why I would think that, but I don't know. That's what I thought first. But, you know, and so that spot where I, I was in my car driving from one part of the property where I worked to another... And I drive by that spot where I pulled over to take the call. So, I, I mean, I think about it. I have yeah. a memory every day. And I can remember the last time I saw him at Carver. I remember our last conversation at the gym. Yeah. I think about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I, I we did have that conversation about what, I don't remember how we framed it. Not what would you prefer, but. What would you prefer, to have it happen or to have it Yeah, what? basically the conversation we were, I think, having, like, what is easier to deal with in terms of grief? That's what it was. Is it easier to deal with a parent who lingers or something that happens suddenly? I don't know. Um, I remember with my grandfather, who's not my parent, but he is a grandparent, he lingered for a while. And... That was tough on us, too, because a strong man wasn't as strong as he was. Mm -hmm. However, there were still moments where he was so lucid and so great. Mm -hmm. Like when I was at a stop sign and somebody hit me in Benel, and I was telling him the story as he he was bedridden because he had had a stroke. And he laughed and said, and he just hit you and ran off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... Is it better to have some of those moments, even if they're fleeting, mm-hmm. towards the end? Or is it is it better just to have it suddenly and you never see them get to that point? Mm-hmm. That I don't know. I don't know. My, Joe's mom passed away in 2016. And he had the opportunity to be with her the last couple of weeks of her life. Um, and she was... Probably, I don't, she was sicker much longer than we knew. And I think that was tough for him to deal with because it wouldn't have been burdensome to know that. And, you know, like, they don't, there was a point where he was like, Ma. <laughs> hey, listen, I've, you know, we don't know what went on with my dad because if he passed away, unless it's something nefarious they're not going to do some big old autopsy but it's very clear that he had been ill for a while too and I knew it but he would give me you know his BS answers and I got to accept it because like I said I'm I'm his son what am I going to call him a liar right can't do that you know so it makes you feel bad that they don't confide in you but they don't want you to feel that heaviness or they don't want you to pity them. And that is, you know, that's the big thing even when taking, being there for your parents as they get older. They don't want you to pity them, and you constantly fighting to tell them, no, this is not pity. Mm-hmm. This is just me loving you. Being there for you like you were there for me when I was young. It reverses, like my dad says. It, you know, it turns around. And so, and me, and like, me and my mom have this conversation a lot, you know, and, like, I'm a, I am get busy, so I can't always get over there exactly when she wants me to and stuff like that. And so I don't, but I don't want that to then deter her from calling me. Mm-hmm. I can easily say, hey, listen, I'm doing this today, but I can be there tomorrow. Or I'm doing this from 12 to 2, can I be there at 3? You know, those are the things that 
I'm working out with her, and but I just don't want her to stop calling me when she needs stuff. And she's going to listen to this because I have set it up on her TV <laughs> on Spotify. And so this is like a direct message to her. I don't want her to ever stop calling me. I will do a workaround, do what I can to make sure that she has what she needs. And that's, you know, but that's the tough part because parents don't want their kids taking care of them. Uh, I read an article in Psychology Today that talked about how um, being the one in the middle, you know, sandwiched in, taking care of the kids and helping look after the parents, um, kind of setting new boundaries. Uh, the children, the, the caregiver in the middle can find that they're feeling sort of a sense of loss for the previous relationship that was clearly defined, mm. parent-child, um, have some type of, I don't know, grief or some sort of feeling for the, the loss of that clearly delineated relationship as you try to, because there's so much to navigate. You know, my mother has been so sharp and so on top of things for so long. Uh, even just recently, I think it was tough for her when I went to an appointment and took the notes and asked the questions. Because a lot of times we're dealing right now with these appointments, only one of us can go in with him. Oh, yeah, COVID. Mm -hmm. And when he was hospitalized, none of us were in there with him, twice. So to kind of step back and let me take the phone calls and take the notes and try to coordinate it all, as much as she needed the help, it also, I think, she felt a lot of different emotions, too. Yeah, because she's been taking care of her man her whole life. Yeah, and none of this is because we think she can't or she's done a bad job, but it's different. I mean, I'm here now to help, um, and it's okay to not be able to stay on top of everything the same way you could 15 years ago. But you know that, you know, everybody wants to be as good as they used to be. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. uh, everyone wants to be as sharp as they used to be. Right. And I mean, I'm middle aged. <laughs> I'm not as sharp as I used to be. <laughs> and I'm, you know, from the Midwest. So. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I I'm middle aged as well. I'm not. Are so, you really? I'm not that far behind you. <laughs> so if you're middle aged, sometimes it feels like. <laughs> I'm the old one, and you're the young, urban <laughs> guy. Yeah, I mean, so I understand, you know, why your mom feel, feels that way. I mean, that's these are normal, normal things. I don't know how I'm going to be when I get older. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, I try to take care of everything all the time. My wife always tells me, it's like, you, you know, you want to be perfect. She told me that today. That's why you recognize when other people want to be so perfect because you want to be perfect. So I don't know how I'm either going to, like when I get old, I don't know how I'm going to let, you know, my old my oldest child and my son take care of me. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm going to be so ornery. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. It's going to be tough, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, my dad has done a lot to prepare for this time of life, this phase of life, and then they had to go back into those plans and remake them due to some other things that happened. You know, they were forced to sort of reevaluate some of the ways they're spending this, these golden years. Yeah. Uh, spending them differently than what they hoped or anticipated. Neither one of them ever particularly want to be in a situation, I don't think, where they come live with one of us, even though. That's what I hope for at oh, some point. Listen, <laughs> I remember when my dad passed, I was like, Mom, you know, come stay with me for a couple of days. She was ready to get out of Dodge. She, <laughs> she was not comfortable at my house. I was like, man, uh -huh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. You know, we have a couple of those houses up and down the street where there's the house and then the house kind of in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And it's not a guest house. I mean, they're two separate residences, mm -hmm. but one's kind of built behind the other. Mm-hmm. I don't even think my parents would want to do that. Nah. <laughs> I don't even think they want to live 
in the front house and no, me in the back house. I, my, my parents would have never wanted to stay with me either. No, but at some time it's probably going to be inevitable, I think, that... I used to joke, though, that my brother could have dad and I'm taking mom. <laughs> you see, you got, you know, <laughs> a luxury that you have is that you have siblings. I'm, right. no, I'm an only child. Uh, so dealing with all these things and these emotions, you can't really uh, talk to anyone else about them. As your parents get older, you know, to explain to people, it, they weren't always this way. They used to be. Um, so, you know, everyone asks me, you know, how is it being an only child? I'm like, when you're younger, it's great. Um, you know, we didn't, my parents didn't spoil me. Like, we didn't have a boatload of money. But, you know, to be able to be the only one, you know, get any affection and not have to worry about those things, that's awesome. When you get older, it's a little more stressful mm -hmm. because you're it, you know? And that doesn't mean you, like, I'm not saying, hey, I don't want to be it, but at times it can, you know, it can get, it can get stressful because you're the only one who can deal with these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when my dad passed away, like, I was kind of wishing I had someone else to hand some of the stuff off to right. because it gets kind of burdensome when you're talking to someone on the phone, like trying to figure out some business for your mom, oh, and you got to repeat that your dad died. You got to repeat what happened. You got, and you're having the same conversation over and over. And you just wish you had an older brother or a younger sister to say, hey, can you just take this today? I need, I need to lay this down today. Can you just do this? But there's also a flip side to that is when, I mean, sibling dynamics are not always smooth sailing either. No, no, this is true. Um, and there are a couple of things that we've gone through where my oldest brother and I come together in a crisis pretty well, but I have three older brothers, not just one, you know, and, and uh, so yeah, si sibling dynamics are not always easy to navigate during these things. And, and kind of like I said earlier, old stuff comes up. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't really speak. Yeah, I can't really speak too much about sibling dynamics because I don't, I don't have that. But I will say this: if your parents have done a good enough job parenting, all the siblings should be different. Right. So the dynamics, you, you know what I'm saying? I, mm -hmm. So to some extent, that's a testament to your parents mm -hmm. because you, yeah, because you guys all have different ways of thinking. You attack problems differently, and so in times of crisis, that probably is not the greatest thing ever, <laughs> because you you need to have you need to be of one mind, but because you guys are independent and you were allowed to be that, uh, you know that that that's why that's why that happens. Yeah. 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 So um, we found with my husband's mother when she passed away expecting to find a mess that she was highly organized and financially healthy and had everything planned right down to the letter and everything was taken care of which was a huge surprise nobody knew you know with my dad we had like i said i'm an only child so when he started getting sicker you know we, we would have conversations exactly what i needed to do if something happened to him with my mom and my dad God love him. He was my best friend, but he was not always as organized. Mm. And he would tell me things, and I, and I would keep track of them. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking to myself, there's going to be some kind of bump in the road with this. And there never was one. He took care of everything. And everything he told me to do, I did it, and it was so smooth. Mm -hmm. So How did they know that? I don't know. If something happened to me tomorrow, there'd be bumps in the road. <laughs> For, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. saying, kids. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess when you even though we're middle-aged, <laughs> when, when, you, when you get to, we're still young, so we don't think about that a lot. Mm -hmm. My wife is constantly on me about, you know, you know having those kind of plans. Right. I mean, I have life insurance, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I've ever even showed it to that. Maybe I need to do that. You Maybe know. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, I guess when you get to a certain age, you just automatically say, I got to have these things in order. Mm 
And that comes from a lot of things, but I think mostly it comes from love, right? Maybe Joe's mom had, she didn't want her kids to be dealing with a whole bunch of nonsense. Right. With my dad, it was like, yo, I got to make sure that my wife is taken care of. And I'm going to give my son these directions. I trust that he'll do it. And she won't have any problems. Now, what I hate, and I actually had a conversation with Joe and another friend of ours, Victor, the other day. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. I told him what our podcast was going to be about today. And we started talking about our parents. And um, we talked about, as parents age, how some of them, think that just because they've gotten older, you've gotten older, maybe their grandkids have gotten older, that, you know, hey, if something happens to me, so be it. I got all this stuff it's taken care of. But even if that stuff is taken care of, you still want the person around. Mm-hmm. So it's great, you know, like my mom would give up whatever she got from my dad passing for him to be here. And I don't know how they don't do that calculation. Like I, you know, like I understand, you know, you know, my son is thirteen, he'll be thirteen, but he misses his grandfather, yeah. and that's also tough when you're dealing with aging parents and still have kids, because there's a lot of emotions that you're going through, and it it's hard to be available to your kids to guide them through it, mm-hmm. because you're going through it. So that's a really good point to kind of turn into so to say that my dad my parents to say that my parents were involved connected active grandparents is an an understatement there's no way to explain um and they have a wonderful unique relationship with every single one of their grandchildren um myself and two of my brothers have kids and uh so it was it brought such joy to have two more grandkids close by when we moved down here you know now they're 13 and 17 and they're not running to mom and dad's every weekend Um, they still very much love spending time with their grandparents but you know and my daughter is the youngest so there's no baby coming up right you know to go hang out there and, and that's different too but uh my daughter said the other day that my dad was her first best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and we do get busy and kind of caught up in our own lives here, and you know, both kids and their activities, and and I'm sure I'm wondering. I it would not surprise me at all if when my parents even saw podcast stuff cross their Facebook page, think you know, how do they have time? How does she have time for another mm. something or or whatever? And, uh, and then the pandemic on top of it all, not getting up there. I mean, Lord, if I brought something up to my mom or dad, it would yeah. be horrible. Um, I forgot where I was going. Oh, but yeah, so the kids' involvement, though, in all of it. It's, you do, it, it's a, making yourself available to help them cope. It's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. My daughter's very sensitive. She feels everything. She feels what I'm feeling and what you're feeling, too, along with what she's feeling. And uh, she is good to remember that just a text to my folks totally makes their day. Right. Yeah, you know, my uh, eldest child was very, very close to my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, she has struggled quite a bit with his passing. And I don't know if I've always been available to her. I've tried to be, but, you know... As she's dealing with that, oh, <laughs> as my as my eldest child is dealing with it, um, I'm trying to deal with it too. And I don't know if I have, I don't know if I have it in me to be there for everyone. That's and great and I don't. To say that. I mean, I you know I I try to be. I try to do what I can, but I, I don't know if I have it in me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and my son, you know, I remember the when the the morning my dad passed, uh, I had to go back and tell him. Because I had to leave the house. My wife went to work, and I had to go back and tell him. And I remember, you know, I told him what happened. Um, 
he kind of knew something was up because <laughs> what am I doing out the house at that time? Right. And I remember I said to him, the first thing I said to him, I said, but don't worry, everything's going to be all right. And he looked at me and he choked up and he said, no, it's not. And uh, he was right. But, you know, in that moment, you have to be like, no, you know, you give him a hug and, you know, you, you say everything's going to be okay because you just don't have it in you, mm-hmm. you know. So that dynamic, dealing with aging parents and your kids while they're watching them age, is a tough one um, because they don't realize, like with my dad, my son still thought he was Superman. You can't be wrestling with this. Got news for you. We all thought he was. <laughs> like you can't be wrestling with this dude no more. Mm-hmm. You know he don't. He, no, Grandpa said it's fine. All right, cool. <laughs> I can't go against it if Grandpa says it's fine. Um, and you know, with you know, with my mom, you know, because of her health issues, sometimes she has some memory issues. And it's like you know, oh, if you tell Grandma, something, sometimes you may have to remind her because she might forget. But, you know, as long as she makes some macaroni and cheese, <laughs> it's fine for him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is a tough situation to be in. And as, as tough as it is for us, it's a million times tougher for the parents, which, you know, it, it, it's hard. That, that dynamic is hard to cross. It's hard It's hard to bridge that gap um, when, when it flips. Like, I, my mom does stuff now. That I know is terrible for her health. She's gonna be mad. I, she's probably gonna be mad when she hears this, but she does. And I try to tell her, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing that." But she's my mom. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna take all the stuff out of her pantry and throw it in the garbage? No, I'm not gonna do that. I can't do that. That's to me, that's disrespectful. I have to try to find a way to get her to do these things. And those have those are conversations. They're difficult conversations. Conversations where, you know, she might tune you out. <laughs> My mom is good for that. Well, and if you think of where you are in terms of your grief, I can't even imagine where your mom is. Uh-oh, listen. Anna. I mean, for her, they were together almost her her entire adult life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, so she's dealing with some things outside of just getting older, mm-hmm. adjusting to a new life. And I'm trying to help her along with that, but, I, you know, some of that has to come from inside of her. Right. Can't fix everything. No, but you'll try. Oh, I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that, that's who I am, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I, I hesitated to even use the word deal with when we're talking about aging parents. Mm. Well... You know, you use that because they are so prideful, you know? Like, yeah, just, just yesterday, um, I, I had a lot of running around to do, and I was doing running some errands with my mom, and I wanted to get my car washed. And she said to me, well, when you go get your car washed, just drop me off at the supermarket. I'll take a cab home. And I'm like, you're not going to take a cab home. Can you just wait for me. Now, it went longer than I thought, but I'm like, I'm not letting you get in the cab and it's COVID and all this kind of stuff. Like we can, we can try to work it out, but that's just her. Like in the beginning, like I said, she doesn't drive. So in the beginning I was taking her everywhere. Then one day she would get home and call me and she would say, Oh, I went to the supermarket today. I'm like, Oh, who took you? Oh, I took a cab. You know, that's a little bit, you know, while I love the fact that you did that on your own, like, you know, I don't know where this guy been. I wish my parents would take a cab. <laughs> I love my parents. I love my parents. Neither one of them needs to be driving a car anymore. Mm. And I might edit that out, but neither one of them needs to be driving a car anymore. And it's, I can't imagine relinquishing, being the one to have to relinquish that last bit of, that piece of independence. But, I mean, that's tough, especially because we live in Florida. Mm -hmm. It's not so tough when you live in a big, big city that has, or a state that has public transportation everywhere. Mm -hmm. Florida's not one of those states. No. So for them not to drive, you know, even here in our small little town, my mom has the bus. So she can take the bus, 
when she has to. You know, so she's not completely dependent on me. A lot of people think my mom is completely dependent on me. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm helping her through the process. But for, if you don't drive, you are, to some extent, dependent. Mm-hmm. And f- if they, for them to give that up, would, they're not going to give that up. No. They're just not. Well, and I, don't, I, I honestly don't think my dad is driving anymore. Yeah, um, you, know, your mom, you know, what I find is when parents, grandparents get to that age, the doctor has to tell them. You telling them it ain't going to work. You know? Well, it's the same with parenthood. You tell your kid something and you don't know anything. But somebody else tells your kid the same thing. Oh, my goodness. And it's the best idea. I deal with that constantly. All the time. Like, didn't I just yep. tell? Okay. I, I, I was a personal trainer. I worked in fitness for years. Telling Joseph about his shoulder right now. <laughs> Nah, you're you're a mom. You don't know nothing about that. No, and he had to hear it from the new guy. Something from the new guy. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, the new guy's, you know. New. He just. He's fresh. Right. Just just learned about this. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's got all the knowledge. You have all these. I have all these years of experience and education, but whatever. He's young. We're middle aged. (laughs) We got the information. Y'all, we are middle aged. And I don't say that about my parents driving to hurt them. I would never want to hurt them by with that. I don't think, well, my mom doesn't love driving anymore anyway, but the only thing that she hates worse than driving is being the passenger. <laughs> and I tell you, that's one instance where it hit me that my mother was older, mm. was how it was her nervousness now. She, my mother, cool and calm and elegant and in charge. Like, I don't know how I came from that. (laughs) But I remember one time driving, and not that I'm a bad driver, but she was just the passenger. I remember seeing her grip, like, and be nervous. And I Mm. thought, okay, that's different. Let me ask you, do you think when you get older that you will, when you have to give up the keys, Lord willing, we'll get to that age, that you will... You know, feel some kind of way about that? Absolutely. I will and not. 100%, I think my grandkid will call my daughter and say, nope, I'm not driving in the car with Yaya anymore. I am so tired of driving. <laughs> like, I love being a passenger. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have an issue with that. There's going to be other things, I'm sure. But that one? Nah. I, I, told, I told my son last night I wish he could drive. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I I think that one will be tough for me. I, I like to drive. I enjoy driving. But I don't think there are other things that I think I'd, I'd yeah. be okay. I don't know that I ever want to live with one of my kids. No. I don't like staying with people in general. Right. I like um, my own space. Yeah, like, you know, I, we used to visit family, and my wife would be like, oh, we could stay on so-and-so. No, we in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Why? It's not them. It's me. Mm-hmm. I just don't like staying with people. Mm-hmm. I was always like that. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't sleep over in people's houses. I didn't, I just, if it wasn't my grandparents' house mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, a family member that I was close to, mm-hmm. wasn't doing it. Yeah. I've had to live with my parents a couple of times uh, since be- reaching adulthood. Mm. Um, once when I was pregnant with Joseph which was tough for a number of reasons because I don't, I, this is going to sound so dumb to you, but it was hard for me to tell my parents I was pregnant because then they had to deal with the fact that like I was a grown woman who wasn't a virgin wait, anymore. Weren't you married? Yes. Um, this is weird. It was just so, weird. Wait, do you think your parents thought that you were married? Like, I don't think about la 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 As open as I am with my children, I am the opposite of that. With my mom and dad. Wait a minute. I don't, <laughs> so I'm pregnant in my first trimester, trimester sick, living with my, Joe and I are living with them for a little while in their guest room, and I'm my, the job I had allowed me to work from home some some days a week before it was cool. You gotta tell me how you're finding these jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I managed five different air centers, mm-hmm. so I didn't really have an office in one of them. My office was my briefcase. So if it was a day that I wasn't traveling to one of the centers, you could, okay. I was working at home, mm-hmm. and my dad didn't understand that. And working at home in 
in 2000. Just he thought back in he thought you didn't have a job. Exactly. So I'm I, trying not to throw up, proving that I have a job, living in my mom and dad's house with my husband. It was too much. I only had to stay with my parents once when we got married, when our house was being built. Mm -hmm. That's it. So that was tough, but because, you know, my mom used to watch her poker games at, at night. <laughs> they would put it, turn over whatever the river cart. She would yell, yes, while we were trying to sleep. That's fine. But other than that, you know, mm -hmm. was, it, you know, it wasn't so bad. But staying with your parents is tough. So, I, I think it's tough for them, too. I mean, my parents, like I said, so independent, like their own space, have their own way of communicating with each other that doesn't always compute on this side of things. Like, I don't yeah, I mean, different than how I communicate with my husband. It's kind of it, like you just want your own space and your own deal. Yeah. You have a system of what a way you do things, mm -hmm. and you don't want to change that. Mm -hmm. And when you stay with your kids, first of all, staying with your kids is their house. Now you got to listen to them. Right. Like you know, you got you know, like, you know, you grow up saying my house, my rules, right? And then you go to your, they go, they come to your house as your rules. They, that doesn't even compute. And they probably love it. They probably love the opportunity to be like, nope, mom, my house. <laughs> it's like that meme. Have you seen that meme on Facebook where like they come in, you know, this is how I'm gonna be at my kid's house, and they're the mom and dad just come through the door, oh. kick their shoes everywhere, <laughs> and <laughs> that's what they, that is what, that's what they're thinking about. Yep. The Strongly Worded Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Flagler County Basketball Program. For high-quality, community-based youth basketball, you don't have to look any further than the Flagler County Hurricanes. Open to young people 8 through 18. Season starts November 7th. Sign up now at flaglerhurricanes.com. Yes, you know, because as you get to be middle-aged <laughs> and your parents get older, mm -hmm. you know, you deal with some stuff. And we're both super living it right now. And, yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. I, I mean, I guess. over and over, oh, I'm talking No. Over. I no. have just said to my parents when I'm arguing with them about letting me do something, like, this is my, this is my honor and my privilege. This is my, my love for you, my, my thankfulness for everything who i don't want somebody else to be doing this right and then i don't know if they get that yeah. like i don't know if my mom gets that like it's not annoying when she calls me mm -hmm. and not only do i want to do that you know for my mom who had me at 18 put her whole life on hold and took care of me all the way through you know it's also something me and my dad talked about you know and i would like i always i would always be like you know Mommy's going to miss you. And he would say, well, she got you. And so she needs to know that she got me. Mm -hmm. And I have her. And so while, yes, there's tough dynamics, the overall theme is we are here for our parents like they were there for us. They may not always listen to everything we got to say. <laughs> but neither did we. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So... You know, everyone out there who's dealing with this, and I'm, there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this that are dealing with that. You know, just hang in there. Do the best you can. Um, try to respect their pridefulness. Um, try not to, and I need to do a good job, try not, try not to act like, you know, you got to fit them in like it's some, like some kind of office they're calling. Or, <laughs> do you have a three o'clock available? <laughs> you know, and you know, try to take care of them the best you can. Well, we thank you for joining us for this episode of Strongly Worded. If you have uh, a topic idea, a question, a concern, you can always reach out on email. We are stronglywordedpod at gmail.com. You can find us on more and more platforms all the time. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes, it would be super helpful if you would leave us a five-star review. It helps us get seen. The more of those we have, the more people could could see the show and also become listeners. 
You can find us on Facebook at the Strongly Worded Podcast. On uh, Twitter, <laughs> this always makes me laugh. At Strongly Worded P, the letter P. <laughs> Uh, and we are on Instagram and Snapchat at Strongly Worded Pod. Yes, I think, I think Instagram is Strongly Worded Pod, but I think Snapchat is Strongly Underscore Worded. Oops, I said it wrong. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, and hit up our website. It is StronglyWordedPod.com. We have a blog. You can access our episodes there, but we also have a blog that we call Last Word where we follow up. And, and give some afterthoughts on these episodes once we upload. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're available in a lot of places. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, I think TuneIn. TuneIn, yeah. I, I don't know if we're on Stitcher yet. I'll have to check that. But, but yes, so find us, reach out to us, connect with us, listen to us, share us, and leave us a five-star review. All right, Johnny. I think that's it for today. That's it. We're out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I got to go get once there. What? I had to keep let you keep talking. The Strongly Worded Podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Mac.